Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Shaman Talk, episode 34 and this week we are going to be looking at the shadow side of shamanism but first before we get into that I just want to wish everybody happy Beltane, it's the first of May today so Beltane blessings to you and Beltane is a fire festival and the word Beltane originates from the Celtic god Bel meaning the bright one and the Gallic word Chien meaning fire. Excuse me if I butchered that pronunciation. But together they make bright fire or goodly fire and traditionally bonfires were lit to honour the sun and encourage the support of Bell and the sun's light to nurture the emerging future harvest and protect the community. So tonight me and my family will be creating our Beltane festival and we will be lighting two fires and we will walk through those fires with our intentions as we move into the into the summer. And it's a time where the earth energies are at their strongest and most active. You know, all of life is bursting with potent fertility and at this point in the wheel of the year, the potential becomes conception. So happy Beltane to all of you guys who are listening today and happy Beltane blessings if you're listening later. So what that also means is it's the 1st of May, so we are now into a new month. And this month, we will be supported by Horse Spirit, which is lovely, actually, that Horse Spirit has come through. And Horse Spirit really talks about freedom. And this month, we're going to be looking at having free will and choice and really owning the fact that we're capable of making powerful choices for ourselves and powerful choices that will mean that we taste freedom in a new way. So we welcome the spirit of the horse, we welcome the spirit of community as well. Horses are social animals and they're known to be a friend to mankind and willing to carry us forward when we need it. So I guess horse spirit reminds us that help is available whenever we need it, to, you know, regardless of what direction we, we choose to travel. So, yeah, I just really love the fact that horses come through for me. Um, yeah, just reminding us we're capable of making powerful choices that will affect us for a long time to come. So welcome to the horse spirit. Okay. So today, I invite you to think about the shadow side of shamanism, but also the, sh- the shadow side of yourself. So shadow work is really freeing and it's also a key aspect in creating and the creating of a great shamanic person as we all wish to be, I'm sure. But we really would struggle to step into our full power in our life if we don't look at our shadow and the shadow side of shamanism is a great way to do that. What I'm going to talk about today is what is a shadow? What is shadow? What does it mean? Um, why we find it difficult to face. And I'm going to give some examples of um, key issues that I see in shamanic practice with shamanic people so that we can then use those key issues as a mirror to our own shadow work. And genuinely a shadow faced as a shadow weekend. So while our shadow will still be there, once we're aware of it, it loses the power to knock our good judgment out of the way and take control of our actions. So shadow work's extremely important. 
what is shadow then? So I like the Jungian version of the shadow. So I've taken this um, definition straight from Wikipedia. In Jungian psychology, the shadow eat or shadow aspect archetype may refer to an unconscious aspect of the personality which the conscious ego does not identify in itself or the entirety of the unconscious, i.e. everything of which a person is not fully conscious. In short, the shadow is the unknown side. Because one tends to reject or remain ignorant of the least desirable aspects of one's personality, the shadow is largely negative. There are, however, positive aspects that may also remain hidden in one's shadow, especially in people with low self-esteem, anxieties and false beliefs. So that's the Wikipedia definition of shadow in Jungian terms. And I love the fact that in the sec almost the first paragraph there, they it brings in the idea that there are positive aspects to the shadow as well. And later on in the um, podcast, when we get to the activities and journeys part, I'm going to be giving you a worksheet this week to work through um, some of your shadow aspects. And that will involve both your negative behavioural aspects and also what you hide from in terms of being the best person that you can be. So, for example, we will be looking at... Um, irritations and annoyances for example but we will also be looking at people that we really admire and wish we could be more like so there's going to be two aspects to that piece of work and also some journey and ideas as well to help support you with this process so it's really true that most people have a really hard time facing their negative side especially those of us who are interested in meditation shamanism yoga self-development spirituality we would like the world to be a gentle loving place all the time and therefore that's we try to cultivate those parts in ourselves that fit that image and we suppress the ones that don't fit that image but the problem with that is that reality doesn't really conform to that idea of the world it's always uncompromisingly with everything has a positive side and a negative side that's just life and when we refuse to face our shadow and we just banish it because we don't believe that it's right to have a shadow we find ourselves with a plethora of undesired results. So, for example, we suppress our creativity, we make ourselves, and we make ourselves really vulnerable to our unconscious side. So because when we don't know our shadow intimately, we don't know our dark side, we don't, we like deeply dissociate from our shadow behaviours, we've no way of knowing how they will appear when it next comes up in the form of instinctive reactions. Okay, so that's why later the shadow exercise that we're going to do will be really helpful for you if you're someone who hasn't started this work. And if you are someone who started this work, then know that it's always ongoing. I'm sure you do know that. I, I mean, I was surprised when I found that out during my training and I thought, oh great, I've done a weekend of shadow work, that'll be me. Nope. It just keeps going and going. There are always layers. There's always something to look at. And I guess most of us think we're really in control of our thoughts until we wake up from a terrible reaction that we've had where we've maybe lost our temper or we've completely lost the ability to think properly 
and we come round from this conversation thinking, wow, how on earth did it get to this point? I don't, I, I just really didn't want it to do that, but you're just driven by these behaviours. So usually we lose control when when we're in the grip of really intense emotions. So that, so that's a really good indication that we have shadow work to do when we're blasting into these moments of complete um, lack of awareness and lack of control. And what I don't, what I'm not suggesting is that we go tightly and have complete control over ourselves at all times. That's not what I'm suggesting. But what I what I am suggesting is that when we completely lose control of our emotional state and we we are we don't have a good relationship with our emotional intelligence then there's shadow there there's shadow to look at so what this episode is not designed to do is point the finger or make anybody feel bad so if you feel bad or you feel like oh not good after this episode during this episode please try to be compassionate and gentle and if you're irritated at me or irritated at this episode then that is a shadow aspect showing itself so there's probably something there for you to look at but mostly I feel like people are often either either irritated at the information or at me which is also fine or they're upset with themselves because they recognize some of the things that I'm saying but remember that the shadow is to be seen, loved and integrated, not denigrated and beaten with a big stick. You're never going to beat your shadow into submission or yourself for that matter. So we're moving it as we as we move through this process of looking at our shadow and the shadow side of shamanism, then we're I would invite everybody to really feel the compassionate place there. We don't know what we don't know. Okay. So some of the key issues that I'd like to cover that I see in shamanic people, I'm bringing up today. I've seen them, and I've seen them in the past in myself when I first started out, and I see them in people who have absolutely the deepest and best intentions. So, if you recognise any of these things in yourself, then what we're going to do is we're going to move into a place of excitement and compassion so we're like oh I recognize this in myself that's amazing well done for doing that well done for noticing it but now at this point when we draw this line in the sand you can change you can choose to to do better there was a saying I'm not often one for quoting Oprah but the woman's great actually and I think she quoted Maya Angelou actually but what she talks about is when you know better you can do better but if you don't know then you don't know. So if you're going at life and shamanism and your shamanic work and your spiritual work thinking that this is absolutely the best thing for you to do, then that's fine. But if any of these things that I'm going to talk about today resonate with you and you wish to then make changes, then that's absolutely fantastic and it's really brave. So so I invite you to move into that space of understanding that when you know better, you can do better. Okay, so the first one I notice a lot is people who think I'm better than you because I'm better than you because I do sh- I work with shamanism. I have my guides. I feel superior to you. And that is a, a real shadow side of shamanism. It's a real shadow side of spirituality in general. 
and what I would say there is that we're all on a path and everybody is, exa is in exactly <clears throat> the right place for them. <clears throat> and if we're spending time feeling superior or feeling better, then that is a real indication of lack within you. So lack of what? Lack of self-esteem, lack of self-worth. Um, I have worked with this a lot in my life, um, feeling the need to be superior to others so that I feel better myself. <clears throat> but that's a real shadow side of shamanism. Excuse me. <coughs> so if you recognise that in yourself, then there are some things that you can do to start to shift that. You can notice it. You can admit it. And you can journey with it. You can journey in it. I mean, this isn't at the end of the um, in the activity notes, but I'm, I'm just thinking of this now as I'm talking. But you can journey with your guides and say, okay, I've noticed this behavioural trait and this need to feel superior to others and I'd really like some support with this. Can you help me and see what comes through for you? So the next one I see a lot is journeying about or for others without permission. So anybody who's done the introduction to shamanism with me, and there's a lot of you now, I do talk about this. It's absolutely imperative that we do not journey for other people, about them or for them, without their permission. It is murky, murky work, people, and it's not good. And it's a deep shadow side. It's arrogant and um, will only get us in trouble, genuinely, usually energetically you'll end up in a mess. The shadow side of that internally is thinking that we have the right to work with others, for others or about others without their permission. We think that we, because we're shamanic people and we can do it, that we should do it. And that's absolutely not the case. So I would implore you to exercise some impulse control and some emotional intelligence and realise that that is absolutely a projection. Your That behaviour, I often see it as a projection of your own stuff. You're so busy trying to save other people that you, that you are willing to be ethically unsound with the way that you work. And this might sound harsh, but it, if I can get this across to people, then I'll be a happy lady. So if you feel the need to journey for or about someone else without their permission, then do a journey for yourself and ask your guides why you feel the need to do that. What is it within you? What is the shadow within you that makes you feel like you have the right to intrude on someone else's world in that way? So the next, number three, is giving our responsibility away to our guides. So I see this a lot. I see people say, nah, my guides told me to do it. Not, it's my guides told me to do it. So this is a difficult one to explain. So I'm going to do my best. And if it doesn't make sense, then feel free to email me or we might put a post up on the um, Shaman Talk podcast page so that we can have a discussion about this because it's really interesting and quite a tricky thing to work with. Um, so... The idea that we have guides suggests that they tell us what to do. And in a way, they really do give us information, wisdom and guidance. But at the end of the day, we have free will. 
you know, we know what's what feels good and feels right. So if So I'm just, you can really feel my um, need to get this right and my need to like really think about the words that I'm using when I talk about this. So when I'm experiencing something with my guides that I'm feeling resistance to, and last week's podcast was all about resistance, that is usually often because I don't want to do what they're asking me to do because I think that I don't want to because it's too hard or it's too complicated or it's too difficult or I'm not ready to face it or some other reason like that. So that's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is when people don't follow the guiding principles of shamanism, so they're not setting up sacred space, they're not always journeying with their guides, they're not making sure that the guide that they're working with is actually for them, and therefore they end up with a less than... They're basically tapping into energies that aren't particularly good for them. And what I don't want to do here is instill fear in anybody because if you follow the guiding principles of shamanism, this will not happen to you. So do not move into a place of fear. If you're not sure about the guiding principles, just ask. And maybe, and I'll put also put them in the show notes as well for this episode so that everybody's really clear on what those guiding principles are. But when people don't follow the guiding principles and they think, oh, I can just do whatever I want, or, or they're tapping into things that... Um, are not for the best and highest good, then we can get in a mess. And what people then do is they don't discern between that and working with guides for their best and highest good, which can be also be very difficult. So what I hear a lot of the time is, well, I journeyed about this person because my guides told me to. But that would never be the case without permission. It just, it just wouldn't. So you really need to be so clear and so ethically sound with this work um, so strong in the work that we do to keep ourselves ethical um, and that's the interesting thing you always have a choice as a shamanic person to work in the unerring light for the greatest good of yourself and all things or you don't there's no halfway house here there's no middle ground you either work in the light or you don't there's no, well, I work in the light five days a week and then maybe on a Sunday I'll do some stuff that's not so good. Like, that's not how it works. You either work in the light or you don't. So, also, I'm just going to remind you again, no one's perfect. And we may get things a bit off whack sometimes. But then we make it right. We do a ceremony, we work with our guides... And then going forward, we make changes to the way that we work with our shamanic team. So when we know better, we do better. So number four is psychic stalking. And I see this a lot. So a lot of us have the ability to know what's going on with other people. So for example, when I, before I worked with shamanism, I would sometimes know when people were pregnant before they did, or I would know that they were ill or they were hurting in their body. I would know that they needed help with something. And I would often tell them that I knew that. So essentially, that what that's called is psychic stalking. You're basically looking into somebody else's mind without permission. And most people that I know that can do this <clears throat> think that it's just the way it is. It's just a gift that they have and that they use it 
however, however it comes in. The messages come in and that's it. But for me, what I've learned through my work with shamanism is that I can switch that off and I have done. I, I, do, I just, I get no information now about people unless I'm in a um, practitioner setting and I have complete permission from them to do that. So the ability to see into other people's psyche, the ability to see into other people's body is, is, a, is a gift and it has to be used wisely. So if this is something that is a gift for you that you would like to use to help people, then get some training, either in shamanism or something else, and work within ethical boundaries. You know, you wouldn't stick your head in somebody's living room to listen to a private conversation, and that is what psychic stalking is akin to. It's getting up in other people's fields without permission, feeling that you have the right to do that when you don't, and feeling that... Um, you'll be helping other people, which is not your right to do without permission or to be asked. And that can be very hard for people when you have that skill. I get that. I remember it well. But it will really clear up your field and your aura if you don't do that. Because not only are you in someone else's field, but the reason that you can pick up what's going on around you without permission is that you're completely open to what's ever around you which is good and bad so not only will you be will you be in someone else's field affecting their energy being nosy and arrogant but you'll also be picking up whatever else is around negative or positive so you're you're not safe never mind the people that you're um, picking up all this information about so if this is something that resonates with you and you want to not do that then it's really simple to do you just speak to your guides and ask them to switch off so what I do with um, my guides is I say I don't want to know and that what I have is permission from each of my family members specific specific um, permission especially with my daughter and she knows that my guides if I need to know something if there's an actual danger there's something that I actually need to know for my and Eve's highest good, then I will be told what I will be told. And that is it. So that is a really nice way to do it. So you get permission from the people that, like family members or parents that you maybe would like to get information for if there's something that you really needed for, but otherwise it's switched off. It's not something that you do anymore. And actually what you'll probably find is your energy, your energy will go up, your skills in other areas will increase, you'll probably notice a lot of really good positive changes will come from switching that sort of work off. So again, if anybody has any questions about that, concerns or worries, then give me a shout, Rhonda at centreforshamanism.com and I'll be more than happy to um, speak to your specific issue with that. But at the end of the day, if this is something that you do, please switch it off and you'll feel way better for it and so will everybody else around you. Okay, so number five. Now this is a really interesting um, shadow side of shamanism or shadow side of spirituality in general, really. Is it thinking that journeying is the work or thinking that meditation is the work or thinking that yoga is the work? It is some of the work, for sure. It is a part of the, a part of the pie, the wholeness template. It is part of it, but it isn't it. So I know a lot of people who think, who tell me that they do journeys every day. I do a journey every day. I'm like, great, what else do you do? And they say, what do you mean what else do I do? I do, I do a journey every day. 
or I meditate every day or I do but I do yoga every day and I'm like yeah but what else do you do <laughs> what do you do with that information that you're given so a real shadow side of shamanism is thinking that journeying is it is knowing who your guides are it's been able to go into non-ordinary reality and divine information and then that's you done that's only the first step guys that's like shamanism 101 that's like the start of the process so what we need to do with that information is turn it into action in our daily life like this work like shadow work for example it's been able to examine your actions your reactions and your interactions honestly and openly and make changes in your behavior and find ways to make changes in your behavior so whether that's mantras or counseling or therapy of some sort whether it's working in nature whether it's um, doing ceremony work with um, you know your th thoughts or things that you're ready to release whether it's recapitulation every day um, or any of the other kinds of work that we talk about it's the changes it's the action that you take in your life that makes the difference so <clears throat> I, what I would really encourage each of you to do is have a think about what actions do you take on a daily basis that make change in your life that actually make your life better and support you with lasting change so have a think about that because that's a really interesting shadow side of shamanism so <clears throat> those are all really quite deep difficult subjects i would say it's number one i'm better than you because x number two journeying about or for others without permission number three giving our personal responsibility away to our guides number four psychic stalking number five thinking that journeying is the work and never truly going within or making any changes so those are the main i would say if i i thought of these off the top of my head without giving it um too much thought because if I give it too much thought there will be I'd probably double or treble that and I don't want to overwhelm people but these are the main ones I think that I see the key issues with shamanic work and sh and shadow work so what I'd like to do next in our activities and journey work section is to invite you to do some a journey as usual but then also there'll be an activity worksheet so if you want to pop off now and get a pen and a piece of paper we will move on to the doing to the action section of today's podcast. Welcome back to today's activities and journey work section, to the action section. So as I was saying earlier, a shadow faced is a shadow weekend. So while it will still be there probably, it takes a long time to work on some particularly ingrained shadows, once we're aware of it, it loses a lot of the power. It loses a lot of the power to knock our good judgment out of the way and it allows us to take control of some of our, our actions um, and reactions and interactions. So what I'd like you to do first before we move on to the worksheet part of this um, week's podcast is I'd like, I'd invite you to go on a journey with your guides to the upper world. And remember, the upper world usually, traditionally, is the place of ancient knowledge, the Akashic records, the ascended masters, the angels, the high elves. You know, it's a place of light and light and deep ancient knowledge is how I experience the upper world. So 
that's what we're looking for. So if you experience the worlds differently, then your guide will take you to the right place for this information. So I invite you to go on a journey with your guides to probably the upper world, if that feels right for you, and ask for a transmission of shadow knowledge. Ask to be given what you need so that you can begin to know your shadow on a soul level, face it and work through it. So we're looking for a transmission of shadow knowledge today. And this will be in the show notes, as usual, centreforshamanism.com forward slash 34. You'll be able to find this and the activity worksheet download as well. <clears throat> so I would like you to do that journey first, write your notes and really feel that in your body and every cell of your being. Really take the time to set up your sacred space for this one. Make sure you won't be disturbed. Listen to drumming or music or drum for yourself or um, rattle or whatever it is that you do that works for you but make sure you do you listen to whatever it is that you know will take you in deep because this is deep work that we're doing and I invite you to go as deep as you're ready for with the shadow work so make sure that you set up your sacred space correctly deeply heartfelt intent and with intention really connect with your guide really feel your ancestors with this one as well um, and maybe another way to, to really work with your sacred space is to call in a tree and feel that tree behind you, solid, ancient and holding. That's another really nice way to work with your sacred space, okay? So this week's activity workbook. So when we do this work, um, I will invite you to allow judgments to melt away, if you can. I mean, good luck with that to start with, to be honest, but try. Do, really, do your best to just observe. It really does take practice. But use your breath as well to calm your heart rate and allow you to be able to observe the work. So what you can expect to see on the worksheet today is words allow judgments to melt away just observe you know the, the the breathing and the heart rate business but then the method that we're looking at today is really simple you'll be able to find this anywhere online but what i encourage you to do is do the journey first the shadow transmission first and that will really support this exercise so i would like you to bring to mind someone who you really strongly dislike Someone who has a lot of behaviours that drive you crazy and probably make you angry and irritated and maybe you feel a bit sick or, you know, really negative reactions. And I'd like you to make a list of this, um, of all the things about this person that you don't like. Be very specific about which things about them or their behaviour really bother you. And then when you've finished, I want you to draw a box around the list and in large letters label the box My Shadow. And then I want you to consider all of the characteristics that you've written down and maybe that they represent a hidden or unconscious part of you. So this is a part of yourself that you hate, fear or otherwise dislike for some reason. And then part two, what I'd like you to do is repeat the exercise for people you deeply admire. Demonstrate behaviours that you could only wish to embody yourself, like good boundaries or being calm in the face of stress or confident, happy, successful and once you've got that list I'd like you to label it possibilities for me 
and then spend some time reflecting that we often envy in others what we actually can embody ourselves, what's actually in there, but has for whatever reason not been integrated, not been brought out of the shadow and into reality. So think about that. The first step to freedom in this horse month that we're working with is to recognise your inner light and fan the flame. So there's two parts to that exercise and both parts will be difficult. And then what I would like you to do with that is I would like you to journey with your guides and ask to be shown how you can work with your shadow, specifically related to part one and part two, to the dislikes, to the shadow box and and for the possibilities for me box and see what comes up for you. Remembering that all of our journey work is in um, metaphor, nothing is literal usually. And just remember as well that shadow work it can be difficult and intense. So take your time, be gentle with yourself. And when we're doing this work, I always recommend that people seek professional help if they feel called to. So if this is something, if this brings up something that's just too much to handle and you, you feel panicked, um, if, if it triggers some sort of backwards motion into um, anxiety or other mental health issue then please seek professional help because it, if it does trigger something like that then that was always going to happen at some point so it's maybe time to, to get help from someone who can really support you through this process um, and then also because the shadow represents a repressed part of our own unconscious self it's very common for it to appear in dreams so like nightmares or dreaming of like monsters or killers or demons or something like that. It's often simply the shadow appearing in its most disturbing disguise so that you can start to take notice and make the changes necessary. So if this is the case, then work with your guides and ask to be shown the meaning of your dreams for you. Additionally, we can often see disturbing things in our journeys. It's my belief actually that if you really follow the guiding principles of shamanism, then anything that you see in your journeys that's disturbing really holds a message for you in a really similar way to dream work. So again, if you're unsure of any of the guiding principles, then you can take the free live introduction to shamanism workshop that I do every month and the link for that will be in the show notes at centreforshamanism.com forward slash 34. And if you really need some help with any kind of disturbing messages, then maybe post in the shaman talk podcast page you know it's a really loving and loving tribe and community where people can really start to people can really see you and i'm always in there so i can um, be there to support you with whatever you need to discuss or ask about so don't you don't need to do it alone essentially so if you download the shadow worksheet from the show notes then you'll get all of the information that I've said. It will all be there. It's all in the worksheet. So you can download that to use. And please do share how you get on with this work. Um, because this is the this is the shadow side of... This is how to work with the shadow side of shamanism, but also the shadow side of yourself. This is how to be truly... One of the ways, anyway, to be truly free. One of the ways to really start moving forward. One of the ways that you can become the shamanic person that you've always dreamed of being. That powerful, confident, outgoing, or not if you're not an outgoing person. That's just probably speaking about myself more than anything. But that 
confident, happy, joyful being who can handle stress, who has a toolbox. You know, life isn't always going to be rainbows and roses. It's one of my favourite sayings. But what this work does do is allow you to handle it well and handle it with grace and really know yourself and start to integrate the parts that are dissociated and hidden. So we're bringing into the light, we're bringing things into the light from the shadows. So I really hope that you resonated with this week's workshop, eh, with this week's um, work, with this week's podcast and with this week's message. Now I realise that it might be a bit dense this week, but I really feel strongly that working with the shadow side of shamanism and the shadow side of ourself is so important when it comes to being wonderful, magic, shamanic people who really do make a difference in the world because we work clearly and ethically and we work from heart and love and absolute clarity with what we're doing and what we are doing is working on ourselves we're working inward we're not projecting our stuff onto other people we have good boundaries we work you know we're just working in the light to the best of our ability and if we don't always manage to do that then we admit that and we move forward in a more positive way so do get in touch if you have any questions i'd love to hear your thoughts on this I'd love to hear how you get on in the Facebook group. And I love the fact that we're working with horse this month. So that's really exciting. So if anyone's got any reflections on the horse spirit, I'd love to hear those as well. So have a wonderful week, everybody. Have a wonderful Beltane. And I'll see you all same time, same place next week. so much for listening to this podcast I really appreciate it if you're loving the messages and loving listening to this podcast then pop over to centreforshamanism.com forward slash subscribe and sign up to our mailing list <laughs>